Welcome back to the Dad and Rock Podcast. This is Sean. And this is Chris. Hey, it's uh, been a while, feels like. It's only been about a week or so, but uh, here we are again. It's felt like forever. We've had uh, Halloween and a pretty big weekend, and then a couple days since we last spoke. Um, speaking of which, how'd Halloween go for your family? Uh, it was nice. Uh, with my daughter Skylar actually, you know, being a little older here, uh, she was able to actually get up and cover some more ground. And we covered more ground this year and got done a lot quicker. But it was, it, was, it was fun. It was cold as crap. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I think you and I were dealing with the same uh, front that just kind of blasted the Midwest. And it was the same way. I mean, we went through and, and knocked on a few houses, but it was just kind of too cold to really enjoy ourselves. <laughs> we, oh, we heard did it the whole, along. Yeah, we did the whole neighborhood like we normally do. Uh, we have a neighbor up the street from us every year. Hot, hot chocolate and candy. They sit in their driveway with a fire pit and they hand out hot chocolate to all the parents and kids if they want it. And then we have a community center like right up the street from them where you actually go in and they, uh, I don't know how much this cost, but they actually catered Skyline hot dogs for the neighborhood. Wow, how the heck? Yeah, I know. They always have hot dogs, but it was an actual Skyline truck. And if you wanted a, you know, a full chili cheese coney, they'll go ahead and give it to you. And uh, you sat down in there, you, you, know, you had your hot dog, a water you know, we had the local police in there and other you know areas that were handing out candy in there and you kind of file through and you walk back out but it's something we it's, it's a stop on our you know our route every year but it was a yeah it's one of those wow that, that couldn't have been cheap type situations yeah you guys definitely had a uh, better halloween environment than we did we were knocking on doors only about half of which had candy a lot of folks kind of like I don't know if they were just, you know, they were also trick-or-treating in different parts of the neighborhood, or but there were just a lot of uh, porch lights turned off and doors closed. Um, oh, boy. So, so we didn't make out with a ton. Actually, we stopped at a Walgreens on the way home and just bought our own bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we're lucky. We live in one of those... Uh almost like movie environments for Halloween yeah. where there are tons of kids walking around. I'll say probably seven out of 10 houses participate in it. And the kids are actually really respectful. I, I posted this, you know, on Facebook, you know, with another, with another thread, but uh, with us going out, I was, we get candy. We want to hand it out, but because we're not home, we're like, okay, what do we do with all of it? So I usually yeah. I put it in a bucket this year, put it in front of the door, put a nice little note, please only take a few. And we were gone for about an hour, hour and 10 minutes-ish. I came home to a bucket half full of candy. Like Kids were coming to the door and actually, respectfully, only taking a few pieces of candy. Wow. Even, with, even with a, without adults there, yeah. which kind of blew my mind. No kidding. Well, that's pretty cool. I, yeah, it sounds like uh, we both had a pretty memorable uh, Halloween. Um, it's, it's, it's always fun. It's kind of like the lead up, right? I mean, some folks, they get ready for it in September and then October's a long month as it is and it's just, you know, the last day of the month and all of a sudden it's November and uh, you're kind of gearing up for the rest of the holiday season. Oh yeah, I, had, I did the dreaded thing this morning. I had a fun and I put on Christmas music in my car. I am actually feeling it today for some reason. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> but uh, jingle bells all the way. I'm with you, dude. I, I have uh, Sirius XM, and uh, right now they have about 12 different holiday stations going, and I was just going through, well, here's country Christmas, here's pop Christmas, here's uh, a traditional Christmas. Uh, I was going through it. Uh, so pretty fun stuff. Uh, anything else going on with you guys uh, over the uh, last week? Oh, uh, well, Disney found their way into my uh, my wallet. No kidding. Uh, yeah, they, <laughs> <laughs> go figure. You know, Disney, and one way or the other, if it's going to be on TV or whatnot, uh, they had their Disney on Ice come to the Nutter Center here locally in Dayton. Oh. And, of course, one of the, you know, key things was, you know, Frozen because they're pumping that because of the movie coming out. Sure. But it wasn't just that. It was Aladdin. It was Moana. It was Little Mermaid. It kind of had a full thing. Uh, I was like, I think it was called like Big Dream. They were calling it. Oh yeah. So they'd come out and they'd have you know a few you know performances of at least one or two songs from each show, and then like the last twenty minutes was just straight Frozen. Oh, okay. Like it a, was like a recap of the first movie. Yeah, just kind of a clip cliff notes. It hit like I'll say probably three three quarters worth of the songs and everything. Most of the characters were actually out there as well. Yeah. But uh, I mean, Skylar, my daughter, she went out there dressed as. Uh, Elsa with her wand that we spent forty dollars on. Oh yeah, lights up. Oh I yeah. Hear once, once they get you in the door, I mean, the tickets to get in aren't hateful, but they know those kids are going to see all this stuff. 
Yeah. And they're going to want it. And $150 later, you're feeling like, oh. They want that merch. But hey, that was a good time. If anyone is like, you know, a Disney fan or, you know, you have kids that enjoy that, I highly recommend it. I mean, it's the second year we've gone. Uh, last year, it was just straight Frozen. It was the, the movie basically just on ice. Yeah. So this was just a little different just because it plugged some of the other movies as well, some of the other catalogs. So are you up to anything? Anything going on for you? Uh, yeah, actually, I uh, over the weekend, I happened to catch uh, Terminator Dark Fate, which was a uh, new release this past Friday, the sixth uh, Terminator film in the Terminator franchise. And uh, i got to be honest, I wasn't, wasn't too thrilled with it. <laughs> really? I'll say I have not heard anything good about it. And I've heard it's going to almost cost the studios like $120 million. Like a, they're taking a hit on it because it only did like nine, what, $29 million domestically or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's not doing so well. So, I mean, I my experience with The Terminator, like I, I adore the first two movies. Like the first Terminator came out in 84. My mom tells me all the time that it's one of the first movies that, uh, for some reason, she let her little baby or little toddler watch The Terminator. <laughs> and apparently, well, she also let you watch Halloween. So uh, yeah, not that's too far fair. off. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But uh, apparently, when I was three years old, like I would sit down and like recap the entire movie to her, um, the original Terminator, um, which you know the first one's kind of leans kind of sci-fi horror, so that's funny. Um, and then I, I have vivid memories of Terminator 2 coming out. Um, it was, you know, it was one of my first kind of, um, love for action movies, you know, those, those first two movies I kind of put on a pedestal. Um, so the way this movie opens, you know, I was excited because, uh, James Cameron was back involved. Linda Hamilton was back in the movie and, uh, you know, they kind of put the word out that this was going to be a direct sequel to Terminator 2. Uh, kind of like what they did with the Halloween franchise last year, where they made a direct sequel to the first Halloween. Um, so I was pumped, man. Like, there was every reason for me to be pretty excited about it. Um, but, uh, unfortunately, within, like, the first five minutes of the movie, um, not to give anything too spoilerish away, but they, they, they do something to make you lessen your enjoyment of terminator 2 which i i just <laughs> they do a little bit of retconning or a little um you know here's what happened directly after terminator 2 and um anyway it's just it it, it kind of put a downer on the rest of the movie as i'm watching you know the rest of this film so you know all in all if if that event didn't take place if that's not how they started the movie it's actually a pretty good terminator movie like better than a lot of the other ones that have come out in the last few years uh they introduced a new character named grace who's um who's like a genetically or like a cybernetic enhanced human like she's not a terminator but she's got um i guess you know they did kind of surgeries to her so where she could go toe-to-toe with a terminator so she's like enhanced um and she was pretty cool because it was like just a different feeling it's not just like these robotic emotionless beings just kind of punching at each other like she's got emotions she's got a story uh she's got a history and uh that was kind of a nice addition to the the terminator mythos right she was uh the mackenzie davis the actress who played her she did a really great job arnold was back he was good linda hamilton was really good um and all in all the movie itself would have been a lot more enjoyable if they didn't have that downer moment right in the right in the front of the film but uh yeah i i wouldn't race to the theaters to go see it either and apparently nobody else is so that's uh I, I would say you know rent it if you have any um you know curiosity about it if you like previous terminator films but uh yeah you don't have to race to go see it in the theater yeah, I think with this one here, what I'm hearing is they almost didn't let enough time between what was it, Genesis. I think it was the last one they released. Yeah, that was, was only so a couple years ago. Yeah. Was... Now, what, what I've heard a lot of, like, basically giving it time to breathe, like kind of like what, what Jurassic Park did before Jurassic World came out. They let a large gap with nothing. So you can kind of almost forget what the terribleness was before they kind of restarted it. Yeah, you're probably not going to see any more Terminator movies, at least for a long time. And when they do, it's probably going to be just a, like a complete reboot where they just, you know, like remake the first movie with different actors. <laughs> well, they almost need to put it back on TV because I think that Terminator uh, Salvation or whatever it was on TV actually did pretty well. The Sarah Chronicles or... Yeah, the uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles. That yeah. was on Fox for, uh, I think, uh, two or three seasons and... It did okay. I think it was too expensive for Fox. Fox is pretty pretty notorious for canceling their shows before they really get going. 
uh, especially if they're costly, which this one was. Uh, but yeah, I was actually a fan of that. I watched that uh, as it came out, as it ran on air. Um, but yeah, I think maybe with these streaming services that are coming out, I think that would probably breathe new life in it if they were able to do some long-term storytelling. Across if you look the at seasons. some of these now with the uh, the money they're dumping into them, you look at the Lord of the Rings series that Amazon Prime is putting in. Oh yeah, an ungodly amount. I mean, all the Apple TV, you know, uh, plus content. I mean, looking at that, the quality that they're shot in, that's got to be you know, costly as well. So all these carriers are worth, I mean, if they see potential, that's a thing. Right. If there is any life left in this series that they can see with, you know, putting the money into it, I don't think they would hesitate on doing so. It's just when would be the right time to try it again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of streaming services, you and I have a lot to talk about uh, this week. <laughs> oh, yeah, quite a bit has happened. I mean, we're, we're finally getting some information on uh, HBO Max on what kind of content, price points, um, what they're doing with all their apps. So uh, what have you read? Because I know you are you will wind up having this because of the conversion of your uh, HBO Now app into the HBO Max Uh are you excited about it? Is it something that you're going to be using? Because I know you're a cord cutter, so this is kind of something that would give you more content. Yeah, I knew that this was um, sort of in the works by keeping up with... Um, uh, I'm an AT&T customer, and AT&T, Time Warner, HBO, they're all one big happy company, <laughs> right? Um, so I kind of knew that this was uh, in the works, and they were trying their best to kind of consolidate some of the um, apps that are out there. I mean, right now they have... Um, separate apps for HBO. You have both HBO Now and HBO Go. Uh, one you sign into if you're t- if you have a cable provider and you pay for HBO. The other one is a separate, you know, fifteen dollars a month to get HBO and all the shows. Um, I mean, they have a Cartoon Network sc- uh, streaming service. They have Boomerang streaming service. Um, DC has their own streaming service. So essentially, what it sounds like to me is that they're kind of taking all these disparate properties that they, they own and combining and consolidating all of these services into one service called HBO Max, which is going to have the same price point that their HBO app already has at, at $14.99 a month. So is that sustainable, though? $14.99 when all their other competitors are lower. Even Netflix is actually lower than the $14.99. I mean, $14.99 is basically what you're paying if you have a traditional service, like I've got Spectrum. Yeah, and that's what I'm paying for that HBO channel because it's the same exactly you know price point as that. Is that like I said? Is, is that something they can continue doing when everyone else is basically undercutting them and cutting them in half? Um, I think it is sustainable, and the reason why is because there's already a ton of people that already pay fifteen dollars a month just for HBO and and the shows that they get on the um, you know that. Um, and then in addition to that, right from the get-go, they're offering their customers that uh, already have HBO through AT&T, um, essentially they're going to get the, the service for free. Um, so right off the get-go, they're going to have a ton of subscribers uh, without really trying too hard because they're, they're doing conversions of HBO to this HBO Max. They're also kind of giving it away to their AT&T customers. Um, and, and here's the thing. So HBO as a brand, I think they're pretty well known for having just higher quality content overall. Um, a lot of their stuff is is critically and uh, like kind of consumer acclaimed. I mean, everything from you know Game of Thrones, which was the the biggest show in the last decade, um, to like Silicon Valley and some of their lesser known stuff. I mean, it, it's pretty high tier and high quality. They're known for that. Um, when you know, if you compare that to Netflix, they Honestly, they just throw money at stuff. It's like throwing spaghetti at a wall to see what sticks. I mean, you can't sign on to Netflix every few days without seeing some, you know, new Netflix original that they're kind of zapping at you, and you really just don't care about it because it doesn't look all that great. It's got people you've never seen before and uh, premises that you're not quite interested in. I, this is my opinion anyway. But Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, you bring up Netflix, and I kind of feel like Netflix, the HBO Max is taking a shot right at Netflix. Yeah. It's kind of doing the exact same thing. Uh, you, Netflix kind of it puts itself out there for everybody. Everyone can find content on there to watch. If it's a comedy show, if it's an adult you know, show, or if it's a kid show. Right, and I feel like like HBO Max is kind of doing the exact same thing. I mean, they've got you know Sesame Street and everything with HBO, and you know all the other kids' content, and then you have your HBO shows, your Game of Thrones, uh, the Chernobyls, you know, all that for adults, and you know just the rest of the content. 
Uh, for instance, I know they're bringing a few big shows over that, you know, kind of hit every generation. You have your like your South, South Parks, your Big Bang Theories, your Friends, uh, which they've dropped a lot of money into going ahead and getting the rights for these shows to go ahead and be able to be on there. Uh, but I, I look at Netflix. I know we've talked about this before. I mean, right now, definitely with them kind of going ahead and doing the uh, or threatening the, the password sharing thing. Yeah. On how they're you know, trying to strike, you know, kind of lock down on that, which I don't know how they can, uh, quite frankly. I mean, if they're trying to read like IP addresses and all that, what's going to stop me from having my wife here log in ours? And then say me going to your house and logging in that on mine as well. If I can use two devices, how do they know I'm sharing it? But that's I think that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I've heard that's kind of been in the news here recently. How there's there these companies are trying to crack down on that. And honestly, I think that's one of the perks of of these streaming services. Like don't don't model yourself too closely to cable. Don't turn yourself into cable because that's what people are fleeing from as it is. Yeah. You become too much like cable, then you're you're just cable again. So and you're just cable and then, and then just in another form. Yeah, and personally, I like the ability to try these streaming services myself and calling up my mom and being like, hey, you know, check out uh, Hulu. Let me give you my login information so you can put it on your TV because I know she's not going to do this kind of thing herself. I mean, she still pays her cable bills by, by calling her, you know, the, the calling the 800 number on her bill like she doesn't even know how to like pay it online or or log in or anything so um you know i like being able to kind of share content um you know that way so i don't know i I, hopefully it's not something that they they really try hard on cracking down on i mean i I think some of the other ones aren't worried about i think netflix is concerned honestly they're not going to come out and i think we've talked about this before i I feel like netflix is they're looking at that iceberg they're the titanic and they don't think they're sinkable, and they're trying to, you know, divert themselves by saying, "Okay, we're going to make you everyone have their own. You're not going to be able to share." Yeah. And by doing that, they're going to lose more people and still hit that, uh, you know, that iceberg and, and sink. I feel like they're a sinking ship, honestly. And with all the content that's being removed from them, and they do put out their own, but I don't think there's enough that they can do with the brand that they have uh, to to hold on. I think it's it's going to be one of those things that's going to slowly slip with all these other, you know, providers coming out just because they were the first. They have, you know, all the name behind them right now. Yeah. Uh how long can they hold on to that before they start, you know, running into issues? Yeah, I think you're right. I think eventually they're going to have to change their model a little bit. Uh, right now it's been working for them to where, I mean, they have just a ton of money and they spend it like crazy with original programming. And I think they've had to in anticipation of losing a lot of these, um, you know, tried and true programming. Like I know The Office is going to go away eventually. Um, Friends is going away because it's going to be on this service, the HBO Max. Um, so you're right. I mean, it's Netflix is going to be the one that's going to be taking the hits here in the next couple of years. Uh, but I think they're big enough to afford it. I think they're big enough to kind of take those hits and still, at the end of the day, be a you know major um, competition threat in this field. But um, you know, in regards to HBO Max, I, I know we talked about you know all of the HBO programming already, which is a ton as it is. I mean, you just open up your HBO app and you can see everything that's there and available now. Um, but essentially, it's this is going to be the AT and T time warner which means warner brothers app so what does that mean what what does that include that's going to be uh just for the turner portion of it that's going to be a lot of shows that are available on tnt tbs um as far as news programming that's cnn um that's cartoon network that's um adult swim which is a part of cartoon network so, you know, you'll be able to watch, you know, some Anderson Cooper reporting news and then go right to Space Ghost Coast to Coast. <laughs> I mean, it's going to have a very... Depra- and that's just the Turner portion of it, right? Um, you're going to be able to watch Rick and Morty, um, brand new yeah. episodes of that's Adventure Time. Right so, in addition to that, you're also going to have every pretty much everything DC-related. So if you can think of a DC property that's been made into a TV or or a film over the last few years, they're going to have, you know, every film starting from, you know, the 1978 Superman on up. Um, and they're also going to have uh, some of these shows that they that were um, kind of generated for the DC app um, that was uh, that came out in the last year or two. Uh, I know like Teen Titans is a show that's fairly popular. Um, you don't hear about it too too often unless you're you know we're one of these subscribers. But 
Um, it's a live-action Teen Titans show that's going to be on this. So um, a lot of DC-related stuff. And that includes the, uh, the, the, the animated films that they put out, those direct-to-DVD releases, um, which is pretty cool, like Batman Hush and uh, uh, some, some of the ones that have been released uh, recently. So, I mean, that in, in and of itself, you know, um, Disney Plus is going to have Marvel. HBO Max is going to have DC. Yeah, so you have the two com- you know, competing against each other. So, you, and, and I think most places, I know me and my wife have kind of talked about this because uh, I'm going to be in the process of uh, changing work here. Will we continue with our spectrum? I mean, we know the internet's going to be there. Right. And we started kind of, you know, go, talking back and forth. And I think temporarily we'll kind of have to just because of uh, Disney Jr. and Nick Jr. Kid, my daughter loves it. Skylar loves watching all that. So it's kind of, we're, we're stuck kind of in that. But we were talking about like budget wise. I was like, most people budget roughly about fifty or some dollars for their streaming services. Yeah. Well, we share ours, uh, our Netflix, so I don't even consider that one there. And then we've already done Disney Plus, so that's already out of the budget. And then uh, Apple TV Plus, we've got a year free subscription on. So okay, I'm like, well, okay, what would we actually pay for? Right. The only one I would actually even contemplate paying for would be the HBO, which is only fifteen dollars. Yeah. So in reality, we're not paying much, you know, for our entertainment budget at all outside of the internet. Like I said, we're we're just kind of handcuffed by wanting Disney Junior and Nickelodeon Junior. Right. And I'm not sure how to go ahead and go about getting those two channels, or even just Nick Junior, without actually having a traditional TV service. And I don't think you can actually can right now. And it's, I mean, I haven't looked too deeply into it, but for the most part, you can have the app, but you can only watch like. You know, one show of each of the actual uh, episodes without actually unlocking the full thing via your traditional TV services. Well, there are other apps out there. There's Sling TV. There's um, w- what used to be called Direct TV now, which is just called AT and T TV now. Um, and that's the um, live cable service that I subscribe to. Um, that's over the internet. Um, there's also well, there there was PlayStation View, but yeah, the, there was news this off. week that they're getting rid of that portion of the business. Yeah. Um, so there are options out there as far as you know streaming live TV. Um, the funny thing is about you know you mentioned Nick Nickelodeon and Nick Jr. They're a part of Viacom, uh, which also owns like I believe BET and MTV, um, and they are in the process of trying to launch kind of their own Viacom streaming service. So they give all these other services like Sling TV, like Hulu with live TV. They give them kind of grief and they kind of overcharge them. <laughs> so a lot of these times you'll see these Viacom channels kind of kind of come back on and then fall off the service. So it's kind of of a pain in the butt to keep track of. But um, yeah, you're right. As far as you know, I think fifty dollars would get you uh, pretty far, especially considering, like you said, you got you're getting your Apple TV for free for a year. Um, so this is definitely worth checking out when it does come out. I think. Yeah, I think we covered quite a bit here, and it sounds like I mean. It's it's favorable. I think if if I was in a spot where we you know we needed something, uh, this is something I would go ahead and do. And it, I mean, you're going to be in a spot where it's automatically converted to you, right? Um, so I kind of gave it a thumbs up. I was wishy washy on first because I was reading a lot, hearing a lot. Uh, it didn't sound like they were locking down any details. They weren't giving anything solid. Okay, this is what's going to do. Originally, I think they said HBO, like the, all that stuff, content wasn't even going to be on there. but just using the name. But uh, they may have been just putting feelers out there to see how the reaction was going to be, and with, and they didn't even release a price point until later on. Yeah. But uh, I think they fixed all that with getting these shows, getting the price point where it is, and actually having it like you, you know, subscribing to HBO. Uh, I would like to see it a little bit cheaper. I mean, the ten dollar nine ninety nine range, but that's, I mean, that's just kind of putting it in the same category as the rest of the other, you know, streaming services right now. I think fifteen may be a little high, but it. Um, we'll see how that is. Uh, they may be able to adjust that at a later point if they find out it, it's kind of holding some people back. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, it, it feels right. I mean, not only are you getting the stuff that we've already talked about, but you're getting everything from Warner Brothers. I mean, Warner Brothers has been a studio since the dawn of Hollywood. <laughs> you're going to get quite a big catalog of just Warner Brothers movies, classic films, um, and uh, something I'm actually excited about is Looney Tunes. You're going to get classic Looney Tunes episodes, a full library, uh, or at least some of the stuff that uh, is politically okay to watch these days. A lot of it's, <laughs> I don't think you can, 
Um, and they probably have them stocked in a vault somewhere. Um, probably, just lock know, them up and throw them away. <laughs> yeah, just like uh, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, right? Just keep it in the tower. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, but they're actually going to be producing brand new Looney Tunes shorts, which I'm, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited by. But That's pretty cool. Yeah, so as a service, I think it's, it's going to be... You know, the batting average of the quality of programming it's going to put out versus a Netflix, uh, you know, there's a ton of stuff on Netflix where you just scroll right by and you have no interest in. But I think it's going to be a little bit less with the service where everything's going to be of a higher quality. I think what both, well, all these streaming services coming out now, what they have to do is actually lock it down. Like when I log into uh, Disney now, uh, Disney Plus, how long is it going to take me to find a show? Because when right. I right now when I go to Netflix, I can scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll, and then just shut it off and never actually start anything. So that oh. that's that's very common for me. I'm the same exact way, man. Unless I have something in mind to watch on Netflix, like hey, Stranger Things, or um, hey, a new season of uh, you know Jerry Seinfeld show or whatever. Oh, let me check that out because I've I've enjoyed previous episodes. But yeah, as far as just like, well, I, you know, I have a some time to kill. Let me put on Netflix and find something to watch. That is just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's something they're all going through. Like, how fast can we key them in? Cause to go ahead and actually find the program they want if they're not looking for a specific thing to watch. Yeah. So, I mean, getting lost in the, the catalog is is very easy to do. Yeah, so as a service, this is going to be launching this upcoming May. So we do have quite a few months between now and then. There may be more news to come out um, as far as some other offerings. I know uh, Warner Brothers used to distribute a lot of shows, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Friends, even though they aired on different networks that weren't Warner Brothers related, they were shot in the Warner Brothers lot and Warner Brothers distributed them, so they have the rights to, I guess they have the rights to stream them. So I think you will be hearing more um, news about that as far as some of our favorite uh, nostalgic shows from back in the day. Yeah, I'll just say, you know, leave it at more to come. I mean, right now, it's pretty much, we covered uh, a lot of the stuff that just released here just, on, just a few days ago. And, uh, I mean, I call it the streaming wars. And, and really, they've begun. I mean, if oh, they have. It's, it's been the king, you know, Netflix. And then you've had your, you know, your your Sling TVs, your PS Views, you know, all those AT&Ts kind of get into the game a little bit. But they I, really didn't have the full skin of the game. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think they have begun the streaming wars. And I think officially they began... Uh, this past Friday, November 1st, with the release of uh, Apple TV+. And I know both you and I signed up for that service. Oh, yeah, and I signed up for it, and I didn't even realize. Uh, we had, I think we went over on the show where my son actually obliterated my iPad on accident. Yes. <laughs> and uh, well, I've had zero luck with electronics in the past maybe six months. But uh, when I went to take it to the Apple store to go ahead and, at that point, I thought I can just replace the screen come to find out they have no way of replacing the screen on the ipads there's no screws or anything from the pop it off change it and put a new one on so what they have to do is replace the whole thing ah and when they did that i had to go ahead and pay that and i think when i did that it actually gave me the apple tv plus for a year right there and then i was like and i was shocked so i signed in i went ahead and i was prepared to you know activate the free month on the apple tv uh, plus, and it said, "Hey, activate your year." I'm like, "Oh yeah, click." Oh, that's so we excellent. Going, yeah, no, I was, I was, uh, I was a little pumped. You know, I was never so happy before to have something like that. You know, value be destroyed. <laughs> yeah, what a bonus! Hey, silver lining, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, when we said we both were watching. There's, you know, the couple big shows. I mean, we have the morning show on there uh, that has you know Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon in there. And then there's C with Jason Momoa, and he's really the only big name in that one there. So they're really their two big launching shows. Uh, I know we both had a, you know, the moment to go ahead and watch all three. They released all three of both others two shows, and they're going to release them kind of weekly, which I think is smart. Yeah. Because if, if you make it as like, they're, they're trying to keep it as appointment television. It releases, you got to sit down and watch it, and then you can talk about it, rather than dumping them all and then... You know, some people are ahead of others, and you really don't know where you are. And you have to worry about you know spoiling things for other people. Right. In since you really don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I think it's smart too, and I think uh, eventually down the line, um, a lot of these like Netflix and Hulu, kind of the OG streaming services, they're probably going to follow suit and release things weekly because it just stays in the popular 
culture. It just stays in the mind of people longer, as opposed to something like a Stranger Things. You know, they drop all eight or ten episodes all at once. People go nuts for Stranger Things for, like, uh, maybe a matter of two weeks or so. Then it's gone. And then it's gone. Yeah, and you kind of forget about it until the next season starts. As opposed to something that's like, um, you know, more like something that airs on TV, where it may be eight to ten episodes, like a Game of Thrones, but people are just going nuts for it over those ten entire weeks. You watch that one episode and you scrutinize that episode until the next one comes out, and you see all these podcasts and everything, all these people talking about it, Yep. and they're just building that anticipation for that next episode. Right, and it's a slow drip. I think it works better. And as far as the launch goes, I think this was smart to put out like the first three episodes like they did for both The Morning Show and C with Jason Momoa, just to kind of get you hooked. I think, you know, I think three episodes in, if you, you, you kind of have an understanding if you like a show or not, or you're going to continue to watch it. Yeah, uh, so saying that, is this, uh, well, we'll start with The Morning Show. Is that a show that you're going to continue watching? Because we both watched all three episodes. Uh, I think there's seven more to come. Is that, right. I mean, is it something you're going to continue or maybe give it another episode or two, or you pretty much pulled the plug on it yet? I'm going to continue to watch it at least for another episode or so. Um, I'll be honest, you know, when I heard that cast and I heard the premise of the show, how it's going to be kind of like a behind the scenes of a morning show, I was thinking like, um, I don't know, like maybe not necessarily something as goofy as 30 Rock, but maybe something kind of smart and um, dramatic and also funny, something like the Larry Sanders show from back in the day on HBO. Um, But this is like all drama, even with these actors who are pretty well known for comedy like jennifer aniston and steve carell i I almost think they overcompensated and everything is just really heavy (laughs) yeah that that was my one take on because i watched the first episode with my wife and we ran we went right into the second one and after we were done that i looked at it i was like okay this i i enjoy it in a way but i was like okay even something like this something that is so heavy i think needs some type of comic relief something to break it up to loosen it up a little bit just because i mean definitely even the topic that they're covering it's it's not it's not a fun topic no. i mean it's it's something that i mean i think they're they're basically the beginning of the show is they're mirroring after the whole thing that happened with matt lauer right so while you're watching that you're just like okay something's got to lighten the mood of something somewhere and I, I think i found myself laugh a couple times but it's because of the complete absurdity and the and the lack of like levity in any of it. I'm like, okay, that was just awkward. And I found myself laugh, not because it was funny in any way, just because I needed to kind of release something because I was just kind of building it up. Yeah. Or I, or I wanted to look away because I was like, man, this is too much. Yeah, I mean, this, the show's uh, subject matter is, is kind of heavy enough as it is with the Me Too movement. Um, and, you know, I have somebody like Steve Carell who, you know, I think I've, I've mentioned before, my wife and I are huge Office fans. So, you know, we uh, immediately associate him with Michael Scott, right? And it's funny, I told my wife every time that his character on the show yells, I, all I hear is Michael Scott. And uh, I, I want to laugh, but he's essentially, you're right, he's playing a Matt Lauer type character to where he gets in trouble and fired from this morning show. And he's just not a likable guy. Like, I want to like Steve Carell, but this character is just... He's kind of a sleazy slime ball. His wife leaves him, you know, during the With first no episode. hesitation either. She's like, I didn't even like you for the past few years. We're gone. Yeah, so it's like you don't really want to root for him. And at the same time, you think, well, okay, well, maybe I'll root for his co-host, Jennifer Aniston. But then the way that she treats people also, you're kind of rooting for her to kind of take charge and do well for herself, you know. Uh, uh, but at the same time, how she treats the newcomer reese witherspoon how you know she's not being very fair to her and kind of the dog eat dog world that they're in it's just you know i find myself not rooting for jennifer aniston's character either (laughs) you find yourself in one of those positions where we found it with uh the boys who do we who do we who do we who do we want to win who who, why are we enjoying this well why are we still watching this and it's when you're watching now i got to give them this the the quality of the show Oh, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, it feels like I'm watching a movie, you know, each episode. And each episode, I mean, it is close to an, an hour, maybe a little over an hour each show. And yeah. I think that's what maybe the biggest problem. Because it goes so long, I mean, an hour show on, you know, CBS is actually, what, 40 minutes maybe because of all the commercials? Right. And if it is a really serious topic... You have that, that, that breaking up, the commercial breaks come in, so you have it's, you know, the, a second to breathe. 
Yeah. You, know, you don't get that in this show here. And I want to like it. I mean, everything about it, I say I want to. It's one of those, it has me coming back. I know uh, my wife is enjoying it. So it's one of those ones that we will continue. Uh, but I don't know how much longer I'm going to pay attention. Yeah. Before I kind of like, okay, I'm out. Yeah, you make a great point. I wonder if this show will be more enjoyable going forward in sort of smaller bite-sized pieces, right? When you're just kind of focused on one episode a week as opposed to how you and I consumed it this first weekend to where we watch a heavy hour episode followed by another heavy hour episode followed by a third heavy hour episode. And it just, it did feel kind of like a slog after those three hours. Yeah. Yeah, then you had Martin Short come in when you're there sitting at, you know, at their table and they're kind of yeah, spending the evening together playing tennis and you realize they're really actually both really really scumbags there, there's no there's no saving characters characteristics in either of their characters yeah yeah it's kind of tough to watch i mean it's another symptom it's just like not really having a ton of people to root for i do i mean that being said i do like reese witherspoon's character you know just kind of like the the plucky reporter from from the south that gets a big break into the you know new york um, morning show, the nationally televised thing, and you know she has she's kind of new to the environment, but she's also you know whip smart and doesn't take any guff from ev- anyone. So yeah. um, she, I think she's a character that I, I out of all of them that have been presented, the one that I'm rooting for the most. Um, but yeah, as far as the show goes, I'm definitely going to give it a chance and keep watching maybe another couple episodes to see if I get um, hooked anymore. Yeah, so we talked quite a bit about that one there. Then there's the other big flagship show they've got going on, which is C, and they've spent a lot of money. I mean, if you look at the names on these shows, we talked about the first three, and then you add Jason Momo on top of all that. I mean, I can only imagine what the budget was for these shows. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, this one here, and the premise behind this the show here is uh, Sight has been removed from the world, and it's been, I think, thousands of years, and it was kind of seen as evil. And then, so all these people are there, they're all blind, and they have a way to go ahead and, you know, defend themselves and everything and, you know, continue living, because, you know, blind people live too. There are basically two children that are born that can see. Now, they don't know this yet, but they were looking for some uh, a certain character, and they found, I guess, his wife or girlfriend actually stayed in Jason Momoa's actual village. But I mean, I was I was kind of I was kind of miffed when I first seen the trailer. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be good. I don't know if I can get behind this, yeah. or not. Uh, looking at it though, once again, I mean, it it's a beautifully shot show, right? I mean, when it comes to the you know the mountains and the water and everything, uh, just the shots of how they you know, show them when they're fighting, when they're you know relying on other senses, it's a uh, it was great. I, I mean, I'm coming back to that one. I haven't had a chance to actually watch you know, the second or third episode. I know you've kind of watched all three of them. Yeah. Uh, so let's just talk about the first one here. Um, what, what did you think? Did you actually continue watching them because you, we were going to anticipate talking about all three of them? Or did you actually get drawn into watching the other three, other two? Um, it was a little bit of both. I mean, I definitely had reason to kind of watch all three in preparation for you, know, t- you and I talking about it. But... Um, it, you know, I had no hesitation, uh, pushing the, pushing okay on the remote. <laughs> um, so, you know, it worked out well for me, but yeah, um, I mean, I, I liked it quite a bit. You're right. I think it's shot beautifully, um, right from the opening of the first episode, uh, you have this, uh, this band of raiders, these, these witch hunters that are, uh, about to attack, uh, this village and, and Jason Momoa's people, right? He's the leader of these people. Um, they're blind, so you're kind of um uh, you know you're you're amazed at, at some of the at kind of how lived in this world is and you get to see some of the, the ways that um this these blind people have um adapted to their environment um how they fight uh, even though none of them can see um that was one of the things that really got me with this show is um, not only the beautiful cinematography where especially if you get to watch it in you know hdr 4k um, you see every leaf on every tree it just looks gorgeous but uh just how lived in um this world feels i think it's it gets some really great world building in it um to where there's a whole mythology there's a huge backstory um there's you know they're living in a post-apocalyptic world 
Um, and while it does feel like, you know, maybe something from hundreds of years ago, or it maybe feels like a Vikings or, or a show like that, this is a, a world that's, that's after hours, right? So every now and then you'll come across something like a piece of technology where that we use every day, but it's ancient to them, right? So yeah. there's, there's all these little cool things like that, um, to where you kind of come across and, uh, yeah, I, I just kept watching. I, th- I think you'll enjoy the uh, episode two and three for sure. So yeah, even with that, you were saying how they were adapting to their actual environment and everything. You've seen other characters actually have like other heightened senses. Yeah, where they can they can actually tell like how many horses are coming, or they can actually find out if it's vibrations in the ground, or they can uh, some type of like telepathy or something, or uh, or like the sense know, of smell, where they can or the like smell, yeah, yeah, or they can like. Um, almost walk into a room and and tell that somebody's you know in a bad mood or there's been an argument. Just the the subtle, you know, um, environmental shifts that you can kind of feel those things almost like a sixth sense, to where I guess they, they don't have their their sight. So all these other senses sort of um, compensate. Yeah, yeah. Then they actually went and I thought was pretty neat by how they developed their like an, another language. Like instead of writing, it's like in, in knots. Or oh they yeah! Can actually, tell what they're doing and uh, sending like ravens or you know hawks or something like that to go ahead and you know, transport their messages between people. Yes, I mean we talked about these two here, the morning show and you know see here, but there are a little, uh, a few more on there, a few nuggets that have actually, you know, have hit pretty big in my house. Uh, there is one called Snoopy in Space. So if you're a Peanuts fan, uh, you will love this. It's basically. Snoopy finds out about the, the the space program and he wants to become an astronaut. <laughs> okay. And there's like 12 short episodes. I think they're like six minutes each. And it's like Snoopy finding his way actually up into space when he's on, on the, I think it's the International Space Station, him in Woodstock. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just a goofy little show. And uh, my kids have binge watched this uh, probably at least four times now. And it's just in repeat. They'll come back into their playroom and they'll turn it on and they'll watch it or they'll watch it in another room. And it's, uh, it's definitely enjoyable. I've only watched a few episodes of it, but it's something that reminds me of, you know, the old school Peanuts cartoons. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I don't think we've seen um, uh, a real kind of big Peanuts endeavor since they released the Peanuts movie in theater, which I actually love. It came out maybe in 2015 or so, a few years ago. Uh, did you ever get a chance to see that? Oh, we own it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's really <laughs> Yeah, we watched that more. Yeah, no, it, it, it was actually really well done. and. You know, the animation, everything was good, and it, it had that old feel to it as well, so they didn't really lose anything. And even the even the voices sound close enough to, you know, yeah. what I've remembered. Right, what I uh, hear in my head or when you watch the Christmas special. That's kind of my go-to as far as Peanuts is uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas special, which the Christmas, I'm sure I'll yep. be seeing again here soon now that we're in the holiday season. But uh, that's good to hear that your kids uh, enjoyed it, even though it's kind of an, an older cartoon property. Yeah, I mean, well, I think it has a lot to do with them really enjoying the, the Peanuts movie, the Charlie Brown movie you were speaking of. Yeah. Uh, that is something that is watched often. So, And then also with uh, Kings Island, how everyone knows that we're there all the time, their kids' area is Charlie Brown, Peanuts oriented. Yeah. So they've that kind of. Sense. They're kind of used to it. So when they actually released on there and I showed uh, the kids, that was one of the first ones I put on there. I said, hey, check this out because they were still up. I wasn't watching the morning show or anything else yet. Right, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I like that. And they went, I said, okay, it's enough, no more right now. And they're like, then they got mad at me, so I had to find another avenue <laughs> to put it on. Yeah, I I do intend to watch that too. I think it's just cool being able to see uh, Snoopy and that style of animation, and you know, widescreen 4K with vivid colors, which is a little bit different from you know some of the older specials that everybody's kind of used to. I can see that whisker. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's that one there. Now, there is one other one that I was kind of, when I seen it, I was kind of hoping that I was going to get a quality as good as, basically, we watched the Serengeti that the Discovery Channel ran. It was okay. like a five or six, maybe more episodes. And it basically it followed a few different types of animal groups through you know a period of time. Uh, but there's one on the Apple TV Plus where it's called The Elephant Queen. Essentially, it, it seemed like it was going to be pretty much the same thing, but just following these certain t- uh, types of uh, elephants. Like, I think they're called tuskers. Yeah. So it's basically both the male and females both have the big tusks, and it's just their migration to periods and everything, how they treat their kid, you know, the young, uh, how they bring them along and the whole deal. And essentially, I mean, the, it was exactly what I expected. 
but what it wasn't to the quality I was expecting. I was expecting so much higher. Discovery put such a great show out in that in the Serengeti. It, it didn't reach that you know that level for me now. Well, like like the other ones though. Yeah. I mean the quality of it was amazing. When you're watching it, it is a it's beautiful. I mean that's one thing Disney, uh, Apple TV Plus has done is everything I've watched to this point has been amazing looking. Yeah, you can tell they they put money into these uh, programs. But yeah, I mean one 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 show that hasn't quite achieved. I mean uh, so far out of what four we've talked about here. Right. So I mean you're going to find one in one in four or is is not a bad uh number for them really yeah uh, i didn't realize your family was, was such a fan of kind of these nature shows i mean are you uh, and one portion of disney plus that you and i haven't really talked about with all the other stuff you know disney and star wars is their uh, national geographic um, portion of that that service is that something you guys are looking forward to too i uh, will probably check a lot of them out i mean there, there's uh, with the blue earth or the, a few other ones that have been out there i think you can find them on netflix yeah uh, we haven't really watched a whole lot of those. We kind of stumbled in on the Serengeti, uh-huh. and it was one of those. The way that they kind of followed the the, the animals was actually really fun. Yeah, and like I said, it, it looked really nice. So it kind of I hooked us. So we probably will check out a few more if we find something that's um, that's worth watching. I'll put it that way. Well, cool. Yeah. Um, I you know one last piece of uh, Apple TV Plus that I wanted to mention. Now you're actually watching the service on an actual Apple TV, right? So I'm sure the experience is fairly flawless. Uh, me, on the other hand, I'm watching this on a new Apple TV Plus app on my Roku TV, um, which is you know it's officially from Apple. They put it out, but they put it out recently. Um, I'll just mention that right now I did. It's been a little bit buggy. It's been you know how you would expect any brand new app to. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> to, disappointing. Yeah, so there are times where I'm you know I'm watching a TV show and I had to pause it for whatever reason. And then I go back to play it again, and for some reason it just starts from the very beginning. You know, that sort of thing, Um, which is a bit of a pain in the butt. So um, the execution and the actual usability on the app is is not quite up to snuff, especially compared to some of the other streaming stuff that I used to watch, whether it be like the Voodoo app or, um, you know, Movies Anywhere app, which, you know, they've been out for a while. So I'm sure it's going to update. It's going to get to be a better and better experience. But, uh, yeah, that is something I wanted to mention for those folks out there who don't have an Apple TV and may want to use their other, um, you know, streaming streaming device to, to watch it. Yeah, I went ahead and I was able to convince my wife to go ahead and upgrade our Apple TV to the 4K version because I didn't know what platform uh, the app was going to be available on. Oh, yeah. So I was like, you know what, I'm, since I have an Apple TV already and I'm an Apple nerd, uh, why not? I'll just go ahead and update it. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, that's one of the main reasons I did it was that, and it was a Disney Plus. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that I had, you know, the best quality that I can get. And coming out of the Apple product, I know it's uh, it's one of the top of the line ways to do so. It went through some of uh, some of a lot of the the news that came out over the last week, especially when it comes to these streaming services. Uh, talked about Apple Plus and and HBO Max. Um, what's on the horizon here for for you and I and the Dad and Rock podcast in the weeks to come? Well, I mean, we've been talking about this kind of hit or miss a little bit in the past few weeks, but we have GalaxyCon coming up. So I will be traveling down to Louisville. Me and my uh, my booger Zach. And we will be staying with you. I think we're going to be coming down maybe Friday evening so we can hit it up on Saturday. So once I get off work and uh, we're going to be taking pictures and we're looking forward to it. I know he's looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, that's the main big thing coming up. Is there anything uh, that you can think of? Um, I mean, you're right. That's the big thing. My, my daughter will be with me and, and you two at this thing. And we'll, um, gonna, I'm going to be sure to take some, some video while we're there, too, just to kind of uh, explore the space and, and the different booths. And um, that's going to be a ton of fun uh, the Saturday uh, before Thanksgiving. We'll all be up there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's that. And there's also, I mean, this is it as far as, um, you know, the big streaming, the new big kid in town is, is um, Disney+. Plus that's coming out um, next week, uh, November 12th, um, actually a week from today as we're recording. It'll be a Tuesday. Um, and then three days after that, I already have my pre-order on my PlayStation for uh, Star Wars Fallen Order, the brand new single-player video game experience. I am uh, so bummed I can't play that. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've actually, my wife doesn't have any idea about this. 
but I've contemplated possibly jumping back into the platform gaming so I can play this game, <laughs> which would be a very bad idea for one game. That's, a, that's not a very uh, sound financial uh, decision. Definitely with me changing jobs here. Well, yeah, that and the fact that uh, we're kind of heading towards the end of this current video game generation. Um, you know, I think by this time next year, we'll we'll know a lot more about uh, the PlayStation 5 and the brand new Xbox. But uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't picked up my PlayStation controller in uh, in a bit. I think since last January where the when the Resident Evil 2 remake came out. So it's been a bit. Oh, wow. We're going on a year. <laughs> yeah, it's been almost a year, but uh, I'm super excited about this uh, new Star Wars game. Yeah, this is going to be a. I'm going to find a Twitch channel, and hopefully they'll release them kind of in uh, in snippets, and I can kind of follow the storyline, kind of get my uh, my fill of it. Because I'm one of those. I'll get a game, I'll play it. I'm. I'll get to the point where I don't have time to play it anymore, and then I'll never pick it up, and I'll never finish it. Yeah. So if I can get someone else that's playing it and kind of get the feeling from that, you know, that way, it's it's not the same, but it would be. I think it'd be enough to go ahead and satisfy that itch. Yeah, definitely do that. That's what I've done in the past for some games. It's just kind of watched, uh, you know, actual folks on YouTube or streaming services like Twitch where they play it themselves, and you get a good idea of what the story is. Um, I think, yeah, that's the come. So if you do that and then I actually play through it, maybe we can have a portion of a future Dad and Rock episode to discuss the actual plot line of this uh, new, you know, in-canon, in-universe Star Wars story that takes place right after Order 66. Yeah, and it's funny, this is the first Star Wars uh, conversation we're having on the show in some time, you know, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think next week, kind of give guys everyone, everyone a tease, I think we need to get into that last Star Wars trailer. Well, I think we need to talk a little bit about that, about the possibility of a Dark Ray or a possibility of clones. I, there, there's been so much out there. I'm not sure how much you've read. Uh, I've tried to stay away for a while, and um, I can't anymore. I'm digging into <laughs> it. I'm reading everything I can read. I am diving into, you know, black holes on people's, you know, theories and see how, you know, how far-fetched they are. Uh, what we actually found in the trailer, like what little nuggets or uh, Easter eggs they're putting in the trailer uh, for, you know, the diehard fans that are into other, you know, avenues rather than just the movies themselves. That's a great point. That we, You and I, it just happened to fall right after we recorded an episode. They premiered it. Uh, so we haven't had the chance to really talk about it on the show. But, yeah, that's a great idea. And then, I mean, the following week after that, we'll, I'm sure we'll be discussing The Mandalorian. So there's a lot of Star Wars here in the near future. Yeah, if you enjoy Star Wars, pay attention because uh, we have a lot coming out. <laughs> then, right. then the movie will be coming out, too, in December. So yeah. it's uh, it's going to be one after another. So if you... If you don't like Star Wars, uh, don't tune in. No, I'm just kidding. Tune in, <laughs> listen to us, and uh, leave a comment saying we talk too much about Star Wars. Star Wars holiday season coming up. Oh, yeah, it's the holiday season. Well, it's the Disney holiday season between <laughs> Frozen 2, Star Wars, Disney+. Plus. I mean, come on, you think they're trying to saturate the you know, market here? Yeah, I all right, well, reach out to us, guys. Email us at uh, Sean, S-H-A-U-N, at dadnarok.com. And Chris at dadnarok.com. And uh, you guys know where to find us now. I mean, we're on all the the options when it comes to where you listen to your podcast. Uh, I am pretty active on uh, Facebook as well, between you you know, Facebook Lives and posts and everything. Interact. If you see a post, go ahead. If it is a poll, please vote. Uh, we want to go ahead and use as much content as we can find on there from you guys on the show. Uh, example, last week when we had a few... Uh, of you guys actually go ahead and respond to me use you on this show as well but uh i think this is actually a good spot to go ahead and say that you know the dandarock podcast will be signing out for the evening have a great week <laughs>